<laughs> That's legit. No. I don't know. Rob's committed, I think. I can't believe I'm absolutely like out, super astonished every single week that he's just like, yeah, I edited the episode, no problem. And I'm just like, what's, what's your game, bro? <laughs> what are you doing here? See, I mean, I don't want to speculate about our good friend who I secretly have concerns. He's more fucked up than he lets on. But what if he's actually <laughs> editing our show? And, you know, there's actually a shrine where he's, like, murdering us. Oh, yeah. That wouldn't surprise me at all, especially... Like, audio audio voodoo? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, also, like, I don't think it's a shrine. I feel like that's way too much of, like, an arrogant thing to say. Like, oh, Rob is a shrine of us and tortures it. It's an like, effigy. That's weird. I'm, I'm <laughs> a convinced, actually, Rob might be compiling uh, clips of things that I say, which, out of context, you might call controversial uh, <laughs> and compiling them and putting them in a folder and the folder is titled let's cancel Elaine." <laughs> <laughs> it's actually he's just funded by some like ridiculous republican party guy from the states who are like trying to find where the left leftist canadian yeah <laughs> i mean it wouldn't even be the republican party from the states we have our own who are looking at ugh. i know maybe I mean, they're you, li- you live connected. in the literal fascist state right yeah now. exactly oh. You wouldn't believe what happened uh, a couple days ago. We were doing a town hall for the Green New Deal uh, to like just get awareness and get people involved and stuff like that. And a bunch of fascists showed up just to like protest a meeting that was about improving society. Like, what the fuck is wrong with them? I mean, I, I lived in Calgary for three years. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, oh but Sarah recalls. Oh, oh. I was going to say, we sh- yeah, we should introduce mm, the show. Welcome fine. to Sports Are Gay. I'm Elaine. I'm Leanne, and I actually have an introduction for Sarah that they sent me. Oh, perfect. Yes. Uh, Excellent. Uh, well, okay, maybe they didn't send it to me. I'm making it up. I don't know. Let's just let <laughs> just read something. <laughs> It may or may not be true. We'll see. <laughs> Sarah is a grad school escapee who still studies pop culture and gender theory for fun. When not working as a professional beer wrangler, they co-host Warriors, Bards, and Brew Brews, a Xena podcast with their wife and homicidal house cat, and they spend time yelling about queer things on the internet. That is Sarah. Please introduce yourself. <laughs> that You just did it, so that's good. Welcome to the <laughs> show, you. Sarah. Thank you for coming on. Question oh, right Thank off you. the bat. You do this Yo. podcast with your wife. Has it brought yep. you guys closer together or have you learned things that you wish that you didn't know? Um, I realized just how thirsty my wife is for Lucy Lawless. <laughs> Damn, really? I thought she loved Gabrielle. Oh, no, Gabrielle. I love Gabrielle. No, I love Gabrielle. I, like, there's actual times where I'm like, well, I'm like, you have to talk, babe. You need to stop drooling. You need to say words. <laughs> <laughs> like, she just gets this look and it's just like... <gasps> you see her, oh. like, gazing at you like, when can we LARP, Zena? Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, somebody does LARP as... Gabrielle sometimes or has in the past. Oh, do Chloe you... has de- Chloe has definitely gone as Gabrielle for Halloween twice. Cosplayer kind of stuff or like just costume uh, regular. Not not like cosplay levels, but she definitely put like enough effort. Like she bought a crop top and a brown skirt and like made a foam belt and bought all the shit. And I was like, that was yeah, good. People are gonna know who she is. I'm like, on this board, is man. Yeah. <laughs> and I think high I brown want... boots, right? Yeah. Well, she has bare those anyway because she's lesbian. Um... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But I wanted to walk around behind her on Halloween just playing the Xena theme on my phone, and she would not let me. What? That what? would have been absolutely I perfect. I was like, babe, come on. This would be great. She's like, no, we're not doing this. It's too embarrassing. Oh, especially if you had the like, backpacks with the speakers. I know. I know. I was just like, this is going to be great. No, it's not. And I was like, fuck. That's lies. <laughs> it would have kicked ass. Oh, by the way, sorry. My cats are 
uh, definitely gonna be annoying throughout this whole thing. They're just very annoying in general. Um, yeah, Seamus is in the hallway looking at me weirdly. He's gonna start screaming at some point. <laughs> you might see some rambunctious stuff. There's two of them, and they just kind of get up to their own stuff. Uh, grad school escapee. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm <laughs> that me like I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Uh, <laughs> I feel like academia is a prison, and everyone needs to get out. <laughs> Oh yeah, it is It is a hellscape, and if you do not go there, you're probably a better person for well, it. Well, I mean, like, the thing I think about constantly, especially with grad school, is a lot of grad students, like, really take pride in shit. Like, I didn't sleep for the whole night or whatever, yeah. and, like, I haven't, like, uh, done, like, I haven't, like, had a regular meal in a day. I All I've eaten is coffee or whatever and i'm just like, oh, it's like i haven't showered in four days i'm doing great how are yeah you? exactly and like how that's like normalized to a point of pride and i'm just like why why like can we yeah. just like maybe let people be normal please i would really, <laughs> really appreciate that it's like burnout culture is like accepted and encouraged and i'm just like i remember my first year i was awake until five in the morning finishing three projects and i was just like why am i doing this to myself like this is bullshit yeah yeah exactly and and like the worst part about that is that, like, since it fosters an attitude of really, like, kind of toxic, you know, uh, work attitudes and stuff, the only mm. people who survive it are, like, the people who already are on board for this toxic work culture. Yeah. And then, like, it just perpetuates that way, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, like they expect go... it out of their grad students. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I could go yeah. off forever about uh, academia because it's uh, oh, yeah. the worst. It was... Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I got out of it and like I worked in a nonprofit for a while and that was cool, but it was the same kind of thing. Yeah, just, like, totally. We're all working for the greater good and we're all working well not at the one I worked at, they were all fucking money grubbing bastards. Uh, but <laughs> they were all like, We're working for the greater good, we're doing things for people, you know. Of course it's totally fine to like come in early and don't take a lunch break if we're busy. I'm like, no, I'm entitled to breaks. Well, I people aren't really doing that. I'm like, Yeah, but I'm gonna fucking do it because I'm not getting paid for this shit. Bye. Oh, Labor board. You're totally like preaching to the choir. I worked for a yeah. nonprofit briefly as well. Exactly the same kind of shit like when i quit i had a whole bunch of hours in lieu that i just wasn't paid for because like they just expected me to work more hours than they said that i needed to it was part-time and my intention was to work part-time there and part-time at a different job to sustain myself but like mm. and now when i go to job interviews and shit like that and they see like this non-profit thing on my resume and they say like why do you why did you quit i like all i can say is just like they didn't pay me enough for how much they expected me to work like i feel oh, like yeah, they totally. expected me to work a full-time job and then pay me part-time and as like from a non-profit perspective that's fucking ridiculous because like we need non-profits especially who are usually advocating for people who are like uh marginalized etc blah 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 yeah, and like totally. we need they need to be held to some kind of labor standards or whatever right uh, oh yeah you're sorry to go off again you're just totally oh, no, no i could seriously we had we had a ceo not in a, a director and she was just like what she like her, yeah there we go there we go there's the first <laughs> problem what? We had a ceo i know yeah i know did she the ceo did, and the chief financial officer did so did they just name themselves that to put it on their resume that yeah, they yeah that they so. were a ceo and like you know they have you said it was a woman right yeah. So real like lib woman, lib femme woman energy coming from oh, that yeah. mate. Peak, peak white feminism <laughs> energy. Like I'm gonna say I'm a CEO, and then she would say like like December third, like oh I'm taking my family to the, the French Alps for the holidays, so I can reflect on all the good we've done. And I'm like, pay me more, bitch, if you're going <laughs> to the fucking French Alps for a month. 
up my salary you piece of shit i just know how much money we bring in pay me more let women do more drone strikes that's the kind of <laughs> feminism i want to see in this world <laughs> yes uh so i'm pro you're pro woman <laughs> drone strikes <laughs> yeah no i was also just laughing because i'm like you guys i'm in grad school oh yeah oh, i know, I know. <laughs> here's the thing though here's the thing you're not going to go and do the phd side of it are you you're just going to do the ma and then you're fuck off uh probably yeah and that's the thing and with with your degree like you're not going to have to do like a lot of the social work stuff i did a social work right yes but i wasn't going to say it on the podcast Oh, we, oh, okay. we, can cover, we can bleep that out Maybe. so no one... Let's we don't... just say I'm in a practice-based program. That's the thing. If it's practicum-based, it's going to be way less intense with the paperwork and all that kind of shit because you're going to oh, be getting actually, field, yeah. field uh, research instead of having to, you know, write 50-page dissertations on, I don't know, feminist theory of 1959. <laughs> actually, that's a great point. That's like, it's supposed to be meant very much as like a training professional because I have two mm -hmm. practicums um, and like... Like, like this course I just finished today is like, well, I have still have a paper due, is all about like, all she wanted to do is like talk about critical theory and conversation. Like not, not even critical theory, just like discussing what we would do in these certain situations and just talking about social justice at length, like, like pragmatic ways to actually execute those kind of like philosophies. Yes. Oh God, it was a huge hard on. I have a huge hard on for like the way the entire class went, except for when it was exhaustive. The thing <laughs> is, though, also like after you finish your master's, you're like there is a very like straight career path into social work, like and a practicality for it. Like mm -hmm. I feel like calling your program a master's is kind of different than like calling like somebody who is doing a master's of sociology or someone who considered oh, doing a master's I completely of sociology. Agree. Uh, there's yeah. like, a, they should call it something different or I don't know. Honestly, it's just like advanced. That's all it is. It, you know, from a bachelor's session, it's not in any way like, like regular other master's programs where you torture yourself. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. There's other ways you torture yourself, but it's actually just more emotional. So yeah. Sometimes there's, sometimes there's clubs you pay for to go to those things, you know? Yeah, exactly. So now, <laughs> That's a good point. So now that we've successfully concluded that we weren't specifically roasting Leanne for being oh. in grad school. Yeah, sorry, oh, there's also like that, that thing where it's, um, that, that burnout culture. I was just thinking about that. Cause a lot of people in my class are still working and I'm not right now. And I like, there's the sense of guilt cause they're like, you should be doing more. No one said that directly, but I, I feel like that's the culture. And it's like, can we just create healthy humans? You know, like if, if we're putting these people through academia and they're totally burning out or whatever, we're like continuing to perpetuate this idea of, I, it's totally like how capitalism works, et cetera. But yeah. like, we're just perpetuating everything that's bad about what those programs are about, you know? Oh, for sure, yeah. And it's ridiculous yeah. how, like, uh, academia is, like, a lot of, like, conservative people are, like, it's filled with just uh, liberal yahoos or whatever. And I'm just like, it's totally on your side. What are you talking about? Oh, I know. They're very supportive, actually. So uh, unfortunate where I am. Uh, I was going to ask Sarah, sports, do you know anything about them or not really? <laughs> Sarah knows so much about sports. Actually, because we don't, we don't fucking know shit about Sarah's sports. Sarah's an athlete. I used to be an athlete, you yeah. Really? Um, played I played soccer. athletically. Sorry. <laughs> I played on. soccer for like 10 years. I curled. I played baseball when I was a kid. I golfed a little bit. And I'm pretty sure I got really drunk one night and agreed to be the goalie from my, my dorm in Sick university. Sick and cool. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, soccer, soccer was my big thing for a while, and I've been a long-suffering Montreal Canadiens fan my entire life. Do you still play, or not, or not? No, no, my ankle is, is oh, not okay. Yeah. Uh, I have a friend who used to play a lot of soccer, too, and it totally fucked up her knee. It seems just like oh, yeah, it's that's... because there's so much running involved in it, right? Oh, yeah. And... I broke my arm playing soccer, too, and... What? But you don't use your arms in soccer, Sarah! <laughs> How did you break it? <laughs> Uh, I got taken out by the goalie of an opposing team during a tournament. Jesus Christ. What's their Twitter handle? I will cyber bully them (laughs) right now. I would laugh if you I was 13. I have no idea. I don't know. I I remember the team, though. It was the team from New Glasgow. And the goalie was about the, you know, twice my size. And she just, like, dropped on my foot. And I flipped over her. Whoa. And I landed on my arm, uh, and I was like, that hurts a bit. So you didn't even shake your hand when you get up, like, oh, that fucking hurt. And I was like, oh, that's fucking broken. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. man. And then I have cartilage damage in my ankle from another soccer injury. And then I have, when I broke my ankle two summers ago, they were like, uh, it might be broken, but we're not sure because there's so much, like, old damage in there. What did you do? <laughs> and I was like, do you, how much time do you have? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I thought your knees were a little fucked. Oh, they're super fucked, yeah. Yeah, sorry for bringing that up. You need oh, to no, okay. write a report and then hand it in that way so that they can do <laughs> the work for you. Do you play yeah. anything now or like any on any queer leagues or anything like that? Uh, I was going to play uh, soccer this this year, the queer league in Vancouver, but I sprained my ankle in December. Uh, so all fuck? of the training... <laughs> yeah, I know. What I are know. you doing? walking badly apparently <laughs> yeah, sorry. there's a lot of hills in vancouver though so like i get it well what happened was the the we moved in november so the place we moved to that's very poorly lit outside and there's like those little ridges where they cut out part of the uh, saw to put a tree in yeah and i rolled my ankle in that ah uh, shitty and i was like ah fuck do you know uh, so all the what's that Sorry, I keep interrupting. I'm really apologized. I'm totally That's like okay. that. I'm just an asshole like that. Do you guys like have a good queer league kind of thing going on in Vancouver? Because yeah. there's nothing. Well, and it's not that there's nothing like that here. It's just I think it's not like as commonplace here. But it sounds like there's a good queer rec league for like every kind of sport there. Yeah, there's a uh, trans beach volleyball and then trans dodgeball. Um, there's out for kicks, which is the queer soccer league. And then they end every season with uh, the drag queen game. So all the drag Shit. queens, full that, drag and cleats. That sounds um, awesome. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then there's the Mabel League. So the queer women softball league. Oh my God. Can you imagine drag women in cleats? Like what kind of it shade? Is. Does it, do any of them take the shoe off and like hold it like a weapon? Like ready oh. to like clean it, I someone? Wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. Oh damn! I, I actually I haven't been to the game in a while, but yeah, it's it's I I wanted to play mostly just so I can play the the drag queen game at the end of the season. Yes, oh my yes, a hundred percent. By the way, if you're a drag queen and you're listening to this show, get in contact with us. So we really need a drag queen. Oh, can, on I, the show. can I give we a shout out to my queen. new friend? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, my friend actually, Kevin. I've asked just your moved. friend. <laughs> I've already asked oh, yeah. him on Instagram. He said yes. I just need to reconnect. Liam, yeah, what the hell? My friend Kevin moved there. Fuck, he works I for asked. he works for a brewery now, Does and he? he's this like yeah he work, yeah, That's why he moved. He got a job with a brewery, so oh. he's working for for one of them there. Nice. And uh, he's doing shows. I think it's Dickens. Yeah, yeah, Dickens. yeah, yeah. He put yeah. up some videos. <laughs> there is a place I have not thought about in many many. Oh, years. dude, oh, Dickens has so much drag now. Oh, and so, fake mustache is really good. So uh, we imported them last year for something. 
Yeah. Yeah. Vancouver pride all the time. Yeah. Fake mustache kicks ass. Uh, Dickens is like, they do RuPaul on Thursdays every night. And during the election, we were text banking at Dickens as well. And just like the juxtaposition of like political nerds versus RuPaul's drag race (laughs) nerds was really (laughs) funny. Oh my God. The internet went out at one point and all the political nerds started panicking. Like, oh my God, we need to know what's happening on Twitter. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, it was very fun. Uh, yeah, so yeah, if you want to go see Anxiety, uh, yeah, check her out. She's, uh, I, I helped her set a wig on fire on Main Street uh, in November. How did this come tell me <laughs> what are about you doing? this? <laughs> this is my life now. Um, well, I'm not surprised. She- yeah, she was doing a number and it was like a like a greatest hits medley where it was like, you know, layer up the costumes and then when the song changes, the costume comes off to reveal a different one in a different wig. Um, and at one of her shows at the rickshaw here, she bought a, a homebrew pot on stage and threw the wig in it and lit it on fire. Um, <laughs> Very and, cool. Which apparently is a huge fire hazard. Didn't know. Oh, no. Not trouble for that oh, one. Oh, shit. Anyway. <laughs> So when we did it, she like, she's like, I'm doing the wig thing again uh, at the London. But when you hear it, cut to the feeling, run outside with the wig in the pot and put lighter fluid on it so I can set it on fire. So I heard the song. I literally kicked the door open, ran around to the, the window and she dances out and someone was waiting to hold the door open so she could hear the music. And whoop, up goes the wig, and my god, that thing stunk. Oh, I'm sure. It's like, like, it was just pure toxic fumes. Pure, I was like, like, plasticky hair and oh. shit like that. Ugh. We left it outside for like two days. No, I think, we, I think we left the pot at the pub, because no one was just like, we're not bringing this in the car. <laughs> Did she try and wear the ri- wig after? Like, it- Oh, no, I think it was, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> cut that and style it and like shellac it or something it's not in any sort of wearable shape now uh, i'm so shellac. sad i'm so sad that i can't do wigs because i like changing my hair a lot but like i have the thickest hair imaginable and i'm also incredibly sweaty so like wigs are just a no for me so i couldn't cosplay either unless the hair was like exactly the same as my hair but like yeah. i really wish that i could so that i could get into wig culture more people should be wearing wigs i think i think wigs are fun yeah they are I mean, totally. it looks like it looks like I wear one, but you know this is this is attached. Yeah, I think we all kind of have thick hair. Uh, my mom actually used to have a variety of wigs, and when I was a little kid, I would just steal her wig. So I was like this like nine year old with this incredibly long red haired wig, and I would just go to soccer games watching like with my. <laughs> Honestly, there was a reason I didn't really have a lot of friends in elementary. <laughs> <laughs> like, exactly. Everything kind of checks out now. Yeah, on my thirtieth birthday, I made this really like drunken monologue where I'm like, "You guys, oh, I'm so touched that I have so many friends like you now." Oh my god! And, oh my god! Uh, I had that yeah. literally like yesterday after the Green New Deal stuff. Um, my friend Tyler <laughs> messaged me and he's like, I'm sorry to be too sappy, but I'm so happy we're all friends and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh my God, I feel exactly the same way. <laughs> oh my God. I and mean, it's, it's true. <coughs> I really do appreciate the people in my life. Also, uh, to rewind a little bit, do you have pictures of yourself as a little kid in that wig? Yeah, I want to see photos of that, dude. That sounds hilarious. I yeah. might honestly actually have some. I would have to go through, like, a shitload of albums. And, like, why do I want to walk down memory lane? It's Leanne, pain. It's pain. Me, for it's me. Pain and wigs. Pain and wigs. <laughs> pain and wigs. <laughs> 
Uh, there's, there's a podcast waiting to happen. Pain and wigs. Yeah, definitely. That would be like a drag queen like uh, advice podcast, say. right? Yeah. Like exactly like how to put your body through the pain that's required to be a drag queen. Because like I'm uncomfortable wearing fucking makeup. Like how much shit do they oh, put their so bodies much. through? Yeah. 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 I'm curious like how much the tucking and the pube situation might hurt. This is also why my, th- like, this confirms my theory that drag queens are the, should be the most feared people in society, and they're also the toughest people in society. Because they Cause, are like, women and men. They will, they will just, like, they, first of all, put, like, an enormous amount of effort into the actual performance of it and, like, their character and everything. But also, I have never met a drag queen that didn't look like she could fucking take a bitch. So, like, like, I think that we all need to respect drag queens more. I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. also the fake nails, like, poke my fucking eyes out. Well, I just think of the ones that are in the parade here in, in August. Like, August is the hottest time of the year in Vancouver. And they're out there, full wig, full makeup, pads everywhere, just, you know, going the entire parade route, which is, like, a, it's a good walk. It's, like, around all the West End. And they just do it flawlessly. I'm, like, dying at a bar, like, hoping to make it through the day. <laughs> Wearing like a tank top and bitches are just like, hey, I know. Like, oh my Sarah, God. How do you do it? just made me question something too. Because I've been looking at new mattresses. Are they using gel infused pads for cooling? Oh, that could be it. Maybe. Very Anyways. possible. Sarah, Sarah, we have such similar energy. Like, I'm exactly <laughs> on that same boat too. <laughs> Uh, I dig it. I mean, yeah. Do you guys want to? We didn't even do sports last episode, so I feel like we should do like one or two sports things. Uh, basically, we just read sports news that happens about gay sports and stuff. It's a very depressing show because a lot of the sports news is yeah. not good. No, it is not. Unfortunately, uh, I can start with a good one though. Okay, India's first openly gas. Gathlete. That's what I'm gonna say. India's Gath? first first openly gathlete wants right <laughs> to wed. Sprinter Duty Chad, India's first openly gay athlete, says she will fight for the right to marry her soulmate days after revealing her sexuality to a deeply conservative country. The 23-year-old caused shockwaves when she told an English language daily she was dating a woman from her village in eastern Odisha state. Chand was praised for her courage after Sunday's article, but the revelation sourced ties, soured ties with her family. They should know that everyone just wants to live happily, Chand told the Thompson Reuters Foundation. People oppose many things in the name of culture and religion, but India is a democratic country and many things change frequently, Chand said. Dubbed quote, India's fastest woman, unquote, with a national record of over 100 meters, Chan said she found the strength to go public after the Supreme Court scrapped a colonial era ban on gay sex last September, and after her family threatened to out her. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, <clears throat> man. And now she wants the right to marry her partner in a country where same-sex marriage is illegal and homophobia is rife. I'm sorry, this turned out way more depressing than I thought it was going to. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is not picking up any I am confident we will also be legally allowed to marry. I will appeal and seek permission, she said, at her small two-bender home in Odisha's capital city of, uh, I'm really sorry to anyone in the audience who speaks Punjabi, I'm going to mispronounce this, Boom Baneswar. 
Gay sex is considered taboo by many in India, and while it no longer carries a punishment of up to 10 years in prison, rights such as gay marriage are likely to prove elusive. But Chand is also a woman who fights for what she wants. Like South African Olympic Castor Semenya, Chand has hyperandrogenism, a condition that boosts natural testosterone levels, which saw her barred from competing under International Association of Athletic Federation rules. Sorry, that's just like baffling me. She was subjected to tests and abuse for being unfeminine, but she took the IAAF to court and won a landmark victory in 2015 that paved the way. What the fuck? Then how did Caster Semenya lose that? Sorry. (laughs) Pave the way for hyperandrotic athletes to compete in 100-meter and 200-meter races. The decision allowed her to run again in the 2018 Asian Games, where she won two silver medals. Um, just a little bit more. Un- her latest resolve to tackle tradition came nearly a week after Taiwan became the first country in Asia to legalize same-sex marriage, sparking expectation for change across the region. Chan said that even if she does not now succeed in her bid to marry she and her partner would remain soulmates for life as long as we are united in our hearts and minds nothing can prevent us she said chan declined to name her very caring girlfriend and said that they share a mental relationship rather than a sexual one her revelation was cheered as a brave act u.s talk show host ellen degeneres said she is proud but (laughs) but chan said she came out because her sister had threatened to expose her sexuality her sister and mother said that they could not accept her relationship said chand something she was shocked to see while her partner's family had been more supportive we would have announced this at a more appropriate time maybe after four or five years she said yet chand felt relieved the secret was out and wanted to be a role model for millions of late lesbian gay bisexual and transgender people in India. LGBT plus rights activists say much more needs to be done to win equality, including the right to marry and adopt, and also better access to jobs, healthcare, education, and housing. Any rule which deprives someone of happiness is wrong, Chan said. So, first of all... <laughs> Wait, which part, first of all? Uh, yeah, there's, yeah, like, yeah. there's a lot to everything. say in this. Yeah, like, so... The main thing, well, uh, I mean, the whole thing is a huge piss off because it's just like, why can't we just let people exist? Uh, but I'm I'm shook now that I know that uh, she challenged like some Supreme Court ruling about competing with uh, hyperandrogenism and Castor Semenya now is banned. I don't know if you've followed what's going on with Castor Semenya, Sarah. Castor Semenya, yeah. yeah. So Castor Semenya was like, uh, banned from re- competing until she lowered her testosterone for some reason. So they're basically like make physical adjustments to weaken, not yeah. weaken, but like change your body. Otherwise you can't compete. Basically they're just like a gay black woman is exceptional. So, you know, let's fuck with her. It's uh, essentially just like women can't succeed. So let's, let's make sure you don't. Yeah, exactly. And like, so this is the same sort of shit. Like, uh, She's been so I really want to know if anybody knows exactly how the testing works to like prove extreme quotes right now, prove your gender or whatever. Please let me know, because I can't really I haven't super sleuthed it or anything, but I can't really like the I think they don't want to tell people because if they told people how the test works, it would just be revealed that it's bullshit. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, like, it doesn't make any sense what their qualifications are for it. I imagine there's a process where it's going to be critiqued, where it's like, we can't actually guarantee that this is conclusive. Mm-hmm. And that gender is a construct, and perhaps sex is a construct, and perhaps everything <laughs> is a construct. Dabbing. I said uh, that, yeah, no, I actually <laughs> meant that genuinely in the end, even though I was like, everything's a construct now, to a degree. We are fucking... I dabbed at a bar last night after I said nationalized public transit and the bartender was like, take your drink, (laughs) ma'am. And I was like, I'm almost 30 dabbing. I just love sick and cool. Uh, sick and cool sick and cool and also yeah so like like here's the other thing i really like to hear your opinion about this the show really isn't about like people discussing their own like identities or whatever but like caster semenya people keep mislabeling her as trans or non-gender binary or anything like that and Mm. the thing is like where is the place for non-gender binary people to compete now because they can't basically right yeah there's no there's no category yeah that's fucking stupid right it's bullshit yeah it's it's really fucking dumb and it's super stupid and honestly like if you look at this the ability of athletes in general like serena williams she said herself if i wasn't a black woman i would be recognized as the great athlete i am and it's all about keeping women in their place quote unquote in their place based on the patriarchy and it's just about you know keeping the old the the old structures and the old systems in place because no one wants to fucking take the time to learn new things and no one wants to acknowledge that you know gender only factors into your sports ability so much like if you're going to be a weightlifter yeah you want to have you know the body mass to do like a i don't know what what is a big weightlifter number like a thousand pounds you want to have the mass i don't I know, know i, don't I have no idea no, there are people who like can squat close to a thousand pounds and shit yeah, yeah. So, but that's the thing why like i understand you want to have people in different weight ranges to do that because that's how you classify it why wouldn't you just have anybody of you know x kilograms to do this lifting why why is everything sex gender and segregation like why why is this a big deal and that's what i mentioned i think last time when we were talking about caster semenya i was like the weight lifting and boxing has a lot like better system where they talk about essentially like their class on weight and like sports really needs to have a, a hard fucking look in the mirror and think like how are we categorizing these athletes and like what is fair to compete and i totally fucking agree with you that i think like the differences between what is considered like like man and woman biologically are kind of negligible. And the yeah. reason that men compete better has much more to do with socialized aspects of patriarchy and society than it does and actually have capitalism. To do- yes, definitely a hundred percent. Then it does actually have to do with like differences in this perceived biological sex shit like the like on a bell curve statistically yes men are sort of marginally stronger than women but it's by such a small amount of percent and that doesn't factor into like anything else involved in sports right like yeah there's so many different things to uh talk about to categorize that would make a lot more sense than gender in my opinion Oh, 100%. Like, you just have to, like, look at, like, boxing for that matter. Like, if someone is of a certain weight, they're in this class and they can fight. Yeah. And if someone is going to be a runner, oh, if you're, if you're, if this is your field, then, yeah, fucking run. If you do 100, 100 meters, go do it. Yeah. Like, when you, when you break down looking, like, when I watch the Olympics and I, and I watch, you know, the track stuff, the times from the men and women aren't that different. I'm like, why couldn't you all just run the same fucking race? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I- just do like a random lottery and be like, this is group A, this is group B, this is group C. 
that, whoever wins moves on. That makes a lot of sense, actually. That would, I mean, but the Olympics is not about making sense. Oh, my God. <laughs> fucking money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go and listen to all of our shit about no Olympics and YYC if you want to <laughs> learn more about that. Uh, so also, um, she had to come out under the threat of being outed by her family. Like how fucked up is that? Her mom and her sister. That is some traitorous quizzling bullshit right there. (laughs) Oh, it's fucked. I don't know. We were talking about that in class recently and I'll be writing on it. What do you say as a professional when you're working with a homophobic parent and their gay child? And me, I'm like, fuck you parent. But I guess you can't say that. Supposedly you can't say that. But, I'm sure um, a polite way to tell them to go fuck themselves. I think there's a Please polite way. Please go insert your, re- your cranium into your rectum. Thank you very much. <laughs> Just yeah. say, like, I will stand on the ground which you will become or some, like, elusive <laughs> threat like that. Yeah. But, I mean, even in the, like, there's so many fucked up families. But also, like, even yeah. as a professional, do you, are you obligated to put yourself in danger in that? Uh, like, because, like, as a queer person, if you were, like, dealing with, like, a queer, like, someone who is homophobic, would you like have to still deal with that parent professionally? Because like, I don't know about you, but there's a couple people at work who I definitely avoid talking uh, about queer shit and politics with. Cause I just don't want to have to be harassed by them or like them to say like derogatory shit against me. Like, are you obligated to deal with that? I think a referral is always fine to direct them to someone else. If that was the case. Um, and maybe, I don't know, actually I would have to review the code of ethics. If it's like, if I am dealing with someone who, because the other thing is, I would also have to like come out of the closet, right? I'd have to out myself yeah. for them. And yeah. It's like, would I want to do that? I don't know. Because what if it's their first time ever visiting a professional? I don't. You don't ever want to shut down that um, <coughs> that potential for change, right? Is what I was thinking. Yeah. And you can like, frame it like professionally. This is not like in my professional opinion or my professional expertise. This is not a conversation that's going to benefit either party. Maybe you should go find somebody else. Yeah, uh, that, that I is think very... That's, yeah, I don't think I would want to... Because the thing is, if they like think, like, oh, well, you're queer. Maybe all social workers are queer. Maybe everyone here is too fucking like, leftist and weird for me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean most people who get yeah. into the social work field are fucking left-wing weirdos. Now uh, they are. Now they are. Yeah. Like, I can see us transforming. I can feel it in me. I can untransform it. There is historically, <laughs> though, social workers who have been really fucked up and, like, oh, yeah. have been a large part of um, uh, the perpetuation of, like, indigenous genocide and, like, oh, foster yeah. system and juvenile homes and all that shit is just modern oh, day yeah, residential totally. oh, schools. so fucked. Like, but, all yeah. these decisions are made by a social worker? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- historically, I think now it's kind of changing. Also, I was just going to say, sorry, Rob, on the track for the bumps on the table. That is not me. That is Jojo, my cat, jumping on the table. All <laughs> right, Jojo. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. So, yeah, I'm really, like, very brave of this athlete. It also is yeah. weird because, like, when I think of India, that's, like, a classic example they use in, like, sociology or gender studies 101 of, like, third gender quote-unquote stuff. Like, I thought India was kind of woke but not really woke on this stuff. They I'm very have not su- been woke for no. a while. There's no. been some shit. I don't know what's going on. Sorry, yeah. that was literally the end of that. I honestly don't know what's going on. Yeah, I have no idea either. Good for Taiwan, though. That's other news, that Taiwan is 
but they apparently have been like kind of progressive for a while. <sighs> so yeah, good job, uh, Chan. Solidarity, but you know, that's fucking unfortunate. It is Sorry extreme. That your family sucks too. It's unfortunate. Wouldn't that bring? Wouldn't that bring some level of shame to the family too? Because like, isn't that very much like a fam- familial based sort of? I think so. Culture. I, I'm. I. I. I don't think I am. An- I don't know. Uh, you know, that's the thing is I like with like culture shit like this, I feel really like out of place to say something yeah. without like as a, especially as like a white oh, settler. Yeah, as, as, right. Like, yeah. And like, yeah. I have no idea. And the main thing, though, is like regardless of whatever is quote unquote acceptable in your culture or is cultural, whatever, like bigotry is not a like foundation in anybody's culture like that's not acceptable regardless of what your culture Mm -hmm. is in my opinion at least uh and i don't know i just feel like very very scared for this runner she's 23 and she's yeah and she's been disowned by her mother and like well not disowned but her mother and sister threatened to publicly out her which is why she's out now I she has a partner and her partner's family like they said in the article is more supportive but you know it's dangerous being openly gay in the world sometimes which really depresses me this is a depressing show. Whose idea (laughs) was this? Mine. Yeah it was definitely yours. I'm here Yes. I'm queer. I'm enjoying it. Uh, let me see <laughs> if I can find an actually good one. I just got that one. branded on my leg, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Sarah has a new tattoo. Can I see? What, does um, the camera well, go? Not, not that one, right? No. I don't know. Up to <laughs> Hang you. Let's see, see if I can move my computer. How many tattoos do you have? I have zero. A lot. Sarah has a lot. It says the queerest of the queer. That is sick and cool. <laughs> that that's is a, cool. That's a really good tattoo. I really love it. <laughs> Thank you. I just got it yesterday. I have no tattoos. I should I, get one. How many do I have? One, two, uh, yeah, I three, want four, one. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, I guess. I feel like it's at this point I'm kind of a novelty because I don't have any tattoos and like everybody I know has tattoos and they all say like once you get the first tattoo then you just get like a hundred or whatever. But like. Yeah, that's actually true. Yeah. Maybe I'll just <laughs> stick with none. <laughs> I do like looking in the mirror and seeing like just like so much white, like just this like, <laughs> pale ass fucking body. I'm actually talking about me, dude, not you. <laughs> but you too, just this pale ass body. No, my skin's kind of <laughs> red too. Like I always oh. have like a hue of like rose. Like and that's also why I don't like going to the gym. Cause like the second I get out of breath or I'm exercising, I look like a fucking lobster. And like everyone looks at me like, are you okay? And I'm just like, the thing about the gym is I want no one to talk to me ever. Like with nothing. Like, even if I'm on fire, do not talk to me at the gym. Get a shirt. I guess there was some student at the UFC that has like a backpack with a sign over it that says my personal bubble is a minimum five feet away from me. (laughs) So like people just stood five feet from him whenever they could. That's a big dick move. I like it. I like that. I <laughs> right? That. But, yeah. like, yeah, I'm curious. Just get a shirt. Don't fucking talk to me while I'm here. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to find... It's been a bad week, actually. Everything I've been reading has not been great. Um, all I read is depressing shit lately. Uh, okay, here's another one. Gareth Thomas calls for zero tolerance on homophobia in sport. To allow someone to say that just because he is your best player 
is a terrible message to show. Gareth Thomas came clad in pink for the first time for his first game as an openly gay rugby player, as did Cardiff teammates. They must have known you were making the announcement, Alfie, because they got the color for you, shouted Martin Williams across the changing room before facing Toulouse in December 2009. Thomas has just revealed his sexuality to the whole world. Ten years later, not a single rugby player of similar stature has followed the former Lions and Wales Captains League. One of the strangest things ever happened to me that day, Thomas remembers. In Toulouse, when you get off the bus and you go through the tunnel of fans, about seven or 8,000 of them were just silent. No booing, no jeering, no name-calling, absolute silence. It not only made me feel awkward, but it really... It set a really awkward mood amongst the team because no one expected it. Everyone had an inkling this was because I made the announcement, but no one wanted to talk about it. Williams, the great Welsh open side, and Thomas's friend sliced through that tension. Cardiff Blues obviously wear blue, but this time someone decided that we would wear our second strip, which is electric shocking pink. Trust me, if you talk about a problem, you can find a solution, but if you laugh about it, that problem can very, very quickly disappear. Uh, tell me about it until you drink away your life and you're almost 30 making a podcast. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, the, not relatable, right? <laughs> <laughs> the word spread smiles throughout the Helix audience in Dublin City University, where Thomas was delivering the keynote address at the Federation of Irish Sports' conference on inclusivity. The recent weeks, the defamation of inclusivity has been tested within professional rugby. Thomas has not shied away from the condemnation of homosexuality delivered by our friend of the show, Israel Fulot. Today in Dublin was no different. Fulot has taken a platform he has been given by rugby to promote his religious beliefs. People have connected his views to rugby world, but my experience being within the rugby world is that it is is definitely not the case. It's not Israel Fulot's first attempt in doing this. My fear is, and what I don't think he understands, is the platform Fulot has reaches young children and influential people who will feel if someone can say that homosexuals are going to hell on such a huge scale, then why can't it be that some, something a child can say to another child in a playground or somebody can say to somebody else in the pub or the park? Fellow is considering legal action following Rugby Australia's decision to end his multi-million dollar contract. Um, yeah, so basically, homophobia is really rampant in sports. And that's why no uh, one yeah. comes out. And also, though, I do have to say that they canceled this very, like, major rugby star's contract. And now he can't, like, play anywhere because he said some horribly, horribly offensive shit about gay people. Like, kind of cool, actually. But That is good. Yeah, like, he faced punishment. But, like, so often now there's just, like... There's already such a hostile culture. Of course, people don't want to come out as gay. They're just going to be like ostracized or something along those lines. Oh, yeah. Every hockey player I knew in university on the women's team who came out as some kind of queer did so after they left. Yeah, I would imagine so. I feel like it's a little more accepting for women in some semblance only because like uh, when you're a woman in a sport, like like you're not going to be perceived as weak if you're if you come out as queer whereas like if men come out as queer in sport cuz being being involved in sports is like 
you need to be strong. You need to be a man. Like it's ultimate masculinity. Right. And so if you come out as queer as a man and you're in a sport, like then that's being perceived as weak. Cause like being gay is not associated with masculinity in that sort of same, uh, it is. Lane. And yeah, it's also, yeah. it is. And it's also your, your seen as a predator. I mean, that was yeah, a totally concern. But that's partially why I didn't come out as like I was the obvious gay kid for years. Like I was just <laughs> setting fires as I walked. I was so flaming. <laughs> um, this is true. Yeah, Leanne, Leanne. I've known Leanne for a while. It was very obvious. Uh, <laughs> but, um, Sarah's my influential gay. Tell me about your influential gay. <laughs> as you were talking. Yeah, uh, but um, no, it's just like I didn't come out for the obvious reasons because like, well, I lived in a small town and it wasn't really accepting. But I mean, there is that fear of if you're in a locker room situation, you are going to be like oh, God, is that queer looking at me? Am I going to get attacked by this queer? Yeah, and that's the thing is it's like uh, like there. I'm not blaming anybody who's an athlete who doesn't want to no. come out because they're Dear like God, no. they're fucking like under pressure all the time. And if they're in that locker room like and they come out as gay, like you're fearing for your fucking life in some instance because homophobia and gay panic is real. And when there's no cameras around, which there's not in some locker rooms, like who knows what happens, you know? It's, yeah. it's, People uh, are shitty, yeah. People are extremely shitty. Extremely shitty. Okay, I have an actually good one, I think. Uh, Sorry, Sarah, I hate to break this to you, but like I said, this is not a good show, so I don't really (laughs) read the articles beforehand. No, I don't even know what you're talking about. If you want to have a good good piece of gay sports news, the Vancouver Whitecaps every year do a Pride game. Oh, Oh, sick! When is that? Every year they do. uh, What's that? Is that during August long? Like uh, no, it's just it's it's during it's either like June or July, um, just based on when they can fit it in the schedule. And um, they sell all the white caps. Everything will have a rainbow on it. There's rainbow scarves. They have a ceremony at the start of the game with the pride flag, and they acknowledge you know, no homophobia in sports. Everybody is welcome to play, and Remind- no one's ever come out. But like if, if it were to happen, I I know the white caps would very much support that player oh remind me because i'll totally like sleuth into that more i'm trying to like force people to be my friends on twitter and so i feel like if this is the case and i can be like look i made this gay podcast be my friend then i can do that (laughs) uh same-sex relationships quite common in the world of sports the recent, like, I love the, I love this title already because it's so written by a straight person. Because if a, a queer person read that, they'd be like, yeah, like, so obvious. The recent revelations made by Odia and India sprinter Duty Chand said about her same-sex relationship has set a cat loose in a pigeon's nest while some have come out in support of duty her family has turned hostile but then duty is not the only sports person to confess about her same-sex status she may be the first one in india to come out of the closet but there are many others in the world of international sport who spoke openly about their gay relationship arisa post takes a look at some of these sporting icons orlando cruz and jose mela and uh Jose Manuel Colon, Puerto Rican sports person Cruz, became the first professional boxer to admit that she's gay. He, that he is gay, sorry. He said in 2012 he is proud to be gay, proud to be a Puerto Rican. Cruz married longtime live-in partner Colon after proposing to him on a video on his Facebook page. Cruz has been at the forefront of the gay movement for his country. Sick and cool, but also, do you really need to make a proposal video on Facebook? 
Uh, that's what? what I was just thinking. Is that cute or not? Like, if I wanted to propose, like, would it be cute for me just be like, check out the video I posted on your Facebook, and then maybe they'd look, and then when they turn around, I'd be there? That could be cool. <laughs> Have y'all ever gone through the rabbit hole of YouTube rejected proposal videos? No, that's uh, no, way too I'm depressing depressed even for me. Enough, oh, it How is bad some- is it? It is some next level cringe shit. Like you can see it coming from a mile away and still like it's, I don't know why I subject myself to this kind of stuff, but I just like need to see the darkness of humanity sometime, even though it's already happening all the time. I just re- I just tweeted you guys the podcast for the the white caps oh, game. Sick and cool. <laughs> Quit fucking dabbing everywhere we go. I can't stop it. Kate did it all the time now, and I'm doing it all the time now. You are almost thirty. I know. I'm kidding. That means well, dab you sound more. like Catherine Hepburn all of a sudden. <laughs> I am Catherine Hepburn. Say handbag while you do that voice. Handbag. <laughs> Did I do it right? Did I do it yeah, right? Correct. Nice. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's very good. Very excellent, good. Excellent. Uh, more gay couples. Martina Navra Navratilova. Navratilova. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and yeah, she's, Julia yeah. Lemigova, tennis legend Martina Navratilova, stated back in 1981 that she is bisexual and that she was in a relationship with Rita Mae Brown. In fact, once she had committed commented to a journalist in 1994 that she would never visit India as a country as the country did not support gay rights. Martina, who won 59 Grand Slam titles, singles, doubles, and mixed doubles, some of these were with Leander Pays, also was in a live-in relationship with Judy Nelson from 1984 to 1991. However, the split was acrimonious. Martina then met her present partner, Lemmy Gova, and proposed her at the 2014 U.S. Open. The two got married in December 15th, 2014, in New York. Currently, they are together. Woo. Yeah, she's, she's one of the big influential sports gays for me. I didn't, I didn't play tennis, oh, but I was yeah. like, hey, there's one of them who's successful. This yeah, is good. Yeah, that's actually... <laughs> You're like, like one. Out I have of one. How many? <laughs> that's the problem that I always have with queer representation is it's like, no matter who it is, we're just like, yes, we have our small slice of the pie. Let's cling on to this one person, you know? Yep. Poor Melissa Etheridge, when she first came out, it was probably just like, what? Like, I, come on. How many were there at the time? Yeah. Melissa Etheridge, Ellen, Katie Lang, uh... Jody, not Jodie Foster. So, Jodie Foster, like, that no. was four. Julie Cipher, Anne Hesh. Damn, this is Rosie like a lockdown lesbian hey, lane, I, I feel like. Sarah just kept this, like, list of, like, pop culture famous lesbians just to be like, oh, just in case. Guys. I'm older than you guys, so I lived through all this shit. Oh! Yeah, yeah. Sarah's my old friend. Yes, I am your old, old friend. You're not that old. <laughs> I'm 30 fucking six, dude. I'm old. It's yeah, not that old. you want, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's totally fine. Uh, Jessica Johansson and Sarah Wern. Australia's women team bowling all-rounder Jessica has openly revealed her love for her partner, Wern. She is vowed to be with Wern for the rest of her life. The left-arm orthodox spinner... I did not even know that that was like terms like they have bowling strategy. Is like lawn term- bowling or is it like <laughs> bowling bowling? It says team bowling all rounder. Uh, anyways, the left arm orthodox spinner 
who has picked up 130 wickets, lawn bowling, in the shorter versions of the game, proposed to Warren in February 2018. Even though they have not married, they stay together in Sydney. Cool. I I didn't even know, like, you could have – there's such niche uh, things you could be in lawn bowling. I thought lawn bowling was a thing that, like, drunk kids did or, like – really old people just had sets of that they would never use that's also what i thought it was like seriously i don't understand why lawn bowling is coming back is it because people just can't afford bowling alleys i think it's just people can't afford anything so i was like if you can go outside <laughs> and get some exercise let's just chuck a ball at some stuff here's some rocks they're free for now let's uh take those and i'll have yeah. our own bowling thing what a sad world when we cannot afford glow-in-the-dark bowling i want glow-in-the-dark bowling to be for everybody uh, i can't afford glow-in-the-dark bowling don't ever invite me how much does you it know, cost? No, it's really expensive here, too, yeah. unsurprisingly. Everything's expensive Oh, I here. know, like, National is just super fucking expensive because it's in a bar. Uh, yeah, and all no the, nor- the actual bowling alleys. All the normals. Did something just get knocked off? Oh, is National, like, a bar or is it, like, a entertainment thing? Because we work with them a lot. And I was like, what? Because the- they keep referencing it like I know what it is. It's and just, I'm just like, it's mm-hmm, like a yes, bunch guys, of different bars in Calgary. And there's, like, four or five. Let me there. tell you about National. It is an extremely normal bar for ne- very normal head. Like, it is very head. Like, you walk oh, okay. in and, like, you can see all the guys kind of, like, just staring at women and like like oh, yeah we, fridays and we, saturdays yeah we accidentally left friend of the show ruby alone for like five minutes there and ruby At is extremely hot and yeah. some guy talked to her so fast and he's he comes up to her and he's just like i love your velvet top and we're just like bitch you don't fucking know about like tops <sighs> and shit like that so yeah, it's very like Oh my god. It's what I would describe it as is it's a club under the guise of being a bar. Okay. Yes. Because I still had to wait at the bar to get a drink and it cost me nine dollars to get a pint of beer. Oh fuck that. That sounds like brew hall here. Yeah. I went in Monday and I was just like, seems a bit too heterosexual for my <laughs> I love that. Wait, we literally walked in, sat down, had one pint, and I turned around and I was like, Oh my god, it's a wall of khaki, we're leaving. I uh, I think they're clearing <laughs> up a little but I'm only saying that because I went to their drag brunch when they had a bunch of drag queens perform. Hold on one second. Okay. So anyways, I was going to say about national, like I, I call those kinds of bars like aggressively straight. It's not like they are anti like gay explicitly. However, like I would not feel comfortable making out with a woman in those kinds of oh, bars. Fuck, no, oh, yeah. oh yeah. I have that. a list of those places. Yeah. Yeah. Oh and, man. Sorry. And there's, like, there's definitely bars that are not, like, actively gay bars that I'm still, like, oh, they're fine. Like, I'd be fine to, like, hold a girl's hand or make out with her in this kind of bar. Uh, it's just, like, there's very certain bars that just give off a very air of, like, you're going to get punched in the mouth if you're too gay in here. Uh, National yeah. on 10th, actually, because I remember, like, I used to go on Saturdays back in the day. And, yes, I remember some guy, like, as I was passing by me, had the rapiest eyes. They were and they're, it's so and then predatory. He did me, and then I shook his hand and walked away because I was really drunk. It's so predatory. Like those yeah. bars, like, and I was looking at the guys when I was at National too, and they're just like fucking like scouting. Like, I don't know why this is something that is fun for you. Like, I don't they're get fucking creeps. I don't get the logic. Like, I'm gonna go to a bar to be predatory towards women. 
And, like, I think that's a cool, fun way to spend my evening, I guess. Like, that's what their shit is. Here's the thing. I'm laughing at your cats behind you. But, yes, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Two, they're very distracting. Looks. They are. I love them. There's two looks, though. There's the predatory, I'm going to rape you look, where they kind of lick their lips. Yeah. And then they mm-hmm. kind of have big eyes, and they look really just weirdly hungry for some reason. And then there's, like... like you're a steak kind of thing. Yeah, and then there's the guy Major who's thirsty, just kind of, like... No, no dabbing on that. No dabbing. <laughs> You know, sorry, like sorry. kind of like dumb and he's just looking around to like see if he can meet someone like he, he looks kind of off and dumb. He doesn't look like he's going to eat anyone. There is like a bunch of gaggles of like white dudes in hats and shit like that, too. And I was just like, I am very scared of this group of people. Yeah, we actually stopped going to a few places in Vancouver just because we've been harassed there or it's just like the clientele is... Like, they've, they've created a culture of just, like, the worst beer bros. Do you want to so, put them on blast? No one listens to this show. No, so. I, I work in the industry, so oh, I cannot name yeah. names. But yeah, that's fair. I told- there's, there's a brewery, though, that we just, we're just like, we're never going to go there. Because, I mean, we, got, we were there one day, and we literally got cornered by a bunch of furries. Not going to king shame, but they were just very aggressive. Oh, they wow. were the alt-right furries? Or, like, not even no, the cool furries? No, they were just weird, super... I think they were on acid, but they were really aggressive and weird. Um, <laughs> so we were just like, okay. And then we went back again, and then this one dude wouldn't stop talking to us and harassing us. And we were like, yeah, dude, we're married. Go away. And he's like, but your rings don't match. And I was like, that doesn't fucking matter, man. What the fuck? He's like, fuck but your rings your don't rings match. Don't you can't match? really be married. Yeah, so Lots really of people's rings don't match. Some people don't yeah. even wear rings, bitch. Yeah. We didn't wear rings for two years because I broke mine at a drag show when Chloe lost hers. My mom made us new ones. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> that is adorable. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so we were just like, and like the, and the staff heard what was going on. They knew what was going on. I actually kind of flagged down someone to work there and I was like, this guy's being a fucking creep. And they're just like, oh, what did you do to him? And I was like, we're trying, but he's like literally getting in our space and like poking us. Furry? So left. Also, furries, you need to figure your shit out. I'm a huge furry defender and I love furries. Like, really cool leftist furry are my shit but like they have a weird streak of just fucking weirdos who do not understand shit like boundaries and like good politics and like you guys gotta get those out if you want help i will help you (laughs) yeah the group we encountered were very much like where you guys going next we should go with you and i was like no no you should not and we were like we're gonna go to our house now bye it was like ran somewhere else it reminds me a lot of like the polyamory people you know you know the people who are like polyamory people where that's their whole fucking identity that's the kind of thing that it reminds me of. oh yeah they lick their lips by the way they do (laughs) no you know when they like say because they always see you as like meat you know (laughs) <laughs> the poly- I mean, I have a lot you're of, right have a lot of actually polyamorous friends who are super chill no yeah. that's the thing I'm, I'm, totally... I'm not saying all poly people but like there's always the select few furry select few poly you know whatever there's always that small small that's like they're not even there to like really represent or identify themselves with that group they're mostly there to lick their lips and assault you <laughs> it's the that's people exactly yes it's the people yeah. whose polyamory is like their entire identity like for some reason they're all into yeah. steampunk and they all go to like polyamorous conventions together and like you're right Leanne they do look at you like come to our side and then they always talk to you like they're fucking like nagging you into being polyamorous like they're just like see we don't have a lizard brain like you we've evolved and gone beyond and like have much more human aspects and are in touch with ourselves I'm not against polyamory and I know a ton of people who have like open relationships and are totally functional yeah and they do it well but they're not licking their lips they're having nice good conversations Conversations that are encouraging and reciprocal. Actually, you know what? Now that you say that, 
when I'm thinking about everybody who I know is polyamorous, there is no creepy lip licking. They're all very functional, very That's nice good. people. They just have good. a lot of love to give. Maybe it's just the poly people I meet. Actually, no, most of them are pretty cool. <laughs> but there's always been like, there was one at a bar that I met one time, and it was they were a couple, and like everything was fine. Like the chick was super nice, but the guy kind of like looked at me like he wanted to like eat me, and like like he licked his lips. Anyways, they scare me for sure. I could never do it and I am not like the main reason I could never do it is because like I have a hard time talking about my feelings without making a joke every 10 seconds and it seems like in polyamory you need to talk a lot about your feelings and I, it I just, think so yeah it just looks exhausting like no thank you that, that's always my thing like Chloe and I like we have a ton of friends who are polyamorous and we're just like I love that you can do that I don't have the strength and the <laughs> yeah. ability to do that because like my thing is like I would feel really bad too if like I had made plans with, like, a partner, and I came up from work, and Chloe's just like, I'm having the worst fucking day. I need you here. I'm like, well, I gotta cancel on the partner and take care of you, and then I'm... So yeah. much social minutia! Yeah. And yeah. especially, like, a lot of logistics. There. And especially if you're, like, not explicitly, like, gay, if you're, like, queer, and so you have relationships with, like, men and women, like, there's gotta be so much social minutia, because men don't really understand that kind of social minutia bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they're just socialized to not see it. It's pretty much invisible work for them so like you would have to do like triple the amount of work or some like uh, it would blow my mind it would be terrible (laughs) see this is why i'm single because i just don't i can't do any more other emotional stuff yeah that's actually why that's that's not why but (laughs) it's cool like it's you're single because we cannot find anybody who is good enough for you oh thank you baby thank you Mm -hmm. i actually told like a classmate today i'm like i'm vehemently not dating like super aggressive about it but that's because eHarmony's fucking me over by like accidentally like recharging when i deactivated months ago like months ago i deactivated i think they fucked me over and like accidentally put me on auto reactivate or alternatively, this is a small chance I got really, really baked this winter and accidentally reactivated. And was really <laughs> Literally, like, that is a concern I have. I told you that uh, past guest of the show, Dick, he says he's, like, personally no longer dating, but he's only politically queer. So he's, like, explicitly <laughs> queer just to be political and annoying about it, which I have huge respect for. <laughs> Uh, anyways, we're at the hour mark. I think, uh, hour yeah. Hour? Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Felt like no time at all. Uh, yeah, we're trying to keep the show to an hour just because, I don't know. We're huge fuck-ups. Yeah, basically. Uh, thanks you so much for coming on the show, Sarah. Oh, dude, thanks for inviting me. This was wicked. Yeah, totally. And he's, we'll have you back for sure. Uh, I, I gave, I gave Leanne like a list. She's like, what can I talk about? I'm like, here's a list of things, you know, I'm, I'm cool to talk about. <laughs> we didn't hit any of them. So oh, I, I know. Fucking... <laughs> But from what I remember, it was just like, I'll talk about anything. I'm like, we should talk about these things. And no, fuck it. Let no, me let you anyone. in on a little secret. Everyone who comes on this show always does have a list to talk about shit. And then we don't talk about any of them. Uh, yeah. Our previous guest, Allie, uh, we talked uh, before they come on the show. They mentioned that they used to do like a bunch of ASMR shit. And, mm-hmm. I, th- and I am notorious for roasting ASMR. <laughs> But we oh, didn't yeah, no, even get to talk. So we, we didn't even get to talk about it. So, like, don't even oh, worry about it. Oh, <laughs> I remember. Yeah, okay. Because you're yeah. like, we should talk about it. And I'm like, I don't know. When yeah. Allie comes back, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, anywho, you do a podcast with your wife, right? Yeah. About we do. It's Zena. called Warriors, Bards, and Brews. It's it's mostly a Xena podcast. It's good. Um, 
Thank you very much. <laughs> you're you're one of our few listens. Um, but we also do like that's okay. Stuff. No one listens to our show either. So <laughs> yeah, we have, I think we have like one dedicated fan. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we actually do like other like pop culture, feministy, queer shit. We did uh, actually one of our best episodes was us and our friend Bailey reading uh, lesbian erotica, lesbian vampire erotica. Oh right, oh, that's my the one God. I need to go listen to. Sick Vamp- and cool. It's, yeah, it's called Dracula Retold. Yeah, <laughs> that is like it is just. It is nuts. So here's uh, the thing. Episode- am yeah. I going to giggle throughout or am I just going to be like, you're going to like, like sound like have a sexy voice and I'm going to be like, Sarah, we've been friends for too long. I can't, I can't. No, the most, the the most I do voice. is a very bad Southern accent. Oh, sexy. It's also just, not even. I think I know that Southern accent, to be honest. Yeah. It's really. It's almost like Hannibal the Cannibal. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into I it. I love that combo, especially because I love Dolly Parton. Also, it's just really nice, like, to ha- recommend podcasts that aren't just, like, white straight dudes who are, like, you know, we're, like, so, like, they're baked around, like, at a party. And they're, like, we're so funny. We should podcast. And, like. Here's the thing, though. We got really drunk one night and started watching Xena. No, I'm dead serious. This is how the podcast I know, I know. We got I just... hammered. Started watching Xena. And Chloe was making commentary. And I was, like, on the floor laughing. So I recorded it. I'm, like, if this is still funny tomorrow, we're doing a fucking podcast. There and needs. Would, there needs, it was hilarious. There needs to be more space for, like, queer people, people of color, and podcasting. And, like, it's so easy. It's not hard. And also, our podcast started out of a chant at the Olympics where we just started screaming, sports are gay. And I was just like, <laughs> this is good. I like this. this is good. That's a good title. I like this. <laughs> Let's make people say gay. <laughs> uh, make sports gay again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> make sports gay again. Dad. Oh, my God. That should, could be a political platform campaign. Not that we should do that. We should get a shirt that says, oh, actually, I really want to make merch that says, if you don't listen to sports are gay, you're homophobic. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I support that. I'd wear uh, that shirt. Are you on Twitter? Uh, yeah. So the podcast is WBB underscore podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also on Instagram with the same handle and we're on Tumblr as Warriors, Bards, and Brews. Oh, wait. Someone had taken Warriors, Bards, and Brews. I don't know. You're on Very- Tumblr? Yeah. For the pain? <laughs> that's where fandoms congregate listen dude that's i have true. a lot of things to say about fandoms i was gonna do my master's on it um and oh yeah, we're on... fuck sarah we need to talk more like i'm <laughs> serious i have the same kind of shit <laughs> i actually here's the, i'm so fucking nerdy i also had a, a tumblr blog to recap a lesbian vampire web series <laughs> oh yeah and that was a fucking popular web blog like yeah, that shit got i got a lot of hits. death threats from did I you? got some death threats from some children because I didn't I didn't agree that their their favorite was the best. I literally had actual children. I hate you. Should kill yourself. Thanks, dude. Did Pete, your mom know you're on Tumblr? Wow. Fandoms are fucking insane. Oh, uh, they're crazy. They're it, crazy. But it's so much fun. But this is where we go for the Xena thing because this is where most people congregate for fandom shit. So. Okay. Yeah. Check them out. Uh, follow. Did I do anything recently? Green New Deal stuff. I'm gonna be on Nicole Monaford's show, but I don't know if I'm gonna be on there in the time that this comes out uh just follow me on twitter that shows in two weeks oh my god so you're the volunteer that's doing it maybe i'm talking with nicole right now yeah i've had this conversation with three different people who were not connected or in the room at all <sighs> anyways <laughs> well, cool. we'll talk later anyways yeah leanne you got anything going on send uh, her money send, send leanne money, money. Uh, if you want pictures of my feet call me yeah yeah leanne's very attractive and asian and queer so that's honestly nice i've been feeling really insecure about my looks lately that's i know i'm working on that shirt you're wearing dude that shirt is fucking awesome yeah this is a silk robe from vietnam that's amazing (laughs) 
I, I love like it. It's a great color now. for you. Anyways, it's cool. I made my class laugh today, and someone even told me they loved me. So I don't. I honestly don't know what I said is the worst part. Oh, uh, Peter said that you're very funny in class as well. By the way. Oh, I fucking roasted him today. <laughs> I like roasted him. I just like I uh, gave my little like part on this like small presentation. But at some point, I was starting to talk about my own personal experience, and I'm like, yeah, I don't do that crap anymore. And then I'm like. <laughs> I wouldn't have said it so blatantly then, but sorry for doing that now. And then he's like, sorry, what did you say again? And I said, crap. And I was like, no, not that part. It was like one of the academic parts. Oh, okay. It was good. I liked it. Anywho, write into the show. If you write in an email, we'll read it. No one emails the show. No one emails us either, so. Yeah, I don't. Like, people just send me, like, messages when they're listening to it, and that's about it. Yeah, it's weird when they're, like, (laughs) masturbating, though, right? Yeah, definitely. That is a little awkward, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, folks, follow us, Sports Are okay. Pod. Uh, yeah, Sarah do all the things. Yeah, okay. Go listen to Sarah's show. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Those are your boobs. They look fabulous. Oh, it's an X Files shirt. Oh, you could hear all that, couldn't you? Oh no, she uh, could. I think she could. Great.